2: For some good advice from Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services, Chicago's leading restaurateur, and Jeff Kilberg, chief investment officer at Sanctuary Wealth, Notre Dame's biggest booster. So, gentlemen, happy July 4th. Happy uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, But the facts are not too good. I begin with you, uh, Jeff Kilberg. What do you make of this? And dare you suggest an outlook for the second half of the year? And what investors ought to do about all this?
0: Well, Larry, I am cautiously optimistic, but I had my Stars and Stripes bathing suit on this weekend, and here we are looking at the last six months. And let's let's call it what it was. It was ugly, almost as ugly as Uriel's face. And I just have to be grateful for the fact Stop that all your radio it. listeners. <laughs> All the radio do you, listeners are looking at him for the next twenty minutes, but nonetheless, Larry. Do you have I your
2: stripes and do you, do you have your stripes and and stars uh, bathing suit on right now? We can only <laughs> imagine. the
0: boat, and I have the boat running about thirty <laughs> minutes or thirty uh, steps away here. But if you look at what's the one thing that really changed this year, Larry? It's the Fed's misstep. No one really talks about the Fed's misstep. The last couple of trillion dollars of their balance sheet—that was the misstep. So here they are. Start off January, the 10-year note at 1.53. They injected such velocity. I don't know if you've seen Maverick yet, but I felt like it was an F-18 with that type of velocity be injected in the marketplace. The 10-year note goes up to 3.5%, and boom, you see equities really pull back. But I think there is some optimism. There's a silver lining here, Larry, as we've seen valuations come down below historical averages. Of course, you have to be considered about sector exposure and in individual stocks, but that theme that we've been wrestling with for quite some time from growth to value, It's worked. Being more defensive, having more value, tilt being more industrial, that has worked. We talk about some of the names often, and you look at some of these names, they're boring names. You know, boring is the new sexy. Lockheed Martin, EPD, Archer Daniel Midland, IBM, Duke Energy, just to name a few, but I think you have to consider that things are going to get better. This is what a repricing feels like, and it doesn't feel good just like hanging out with Uriel.
2: So, um, interest rates went up a lot in the first half of the year. Of course, Fed Fund's target rate uh, went from roughly zero to just under 2%. The two-year note is up 222 basis points. The 10-year note is up 150 basis points, although it has come back down. It's 301. It did get as high as close to 350, as Kilberg suggested. Let's look at some of this other stuff. Uh, Although it's been soft, gold on... Balance. Let's see. Gold on balance, gold fell. Now gold was flat for the first half of the year. Crude oil up thirty-seven point four percent. Brent crude up forty-eight uh, percent. Some of the bad stuff, really bad stuff. The Dow transports, which, if you believe Dow theory, is a the leading indicator. The Dow transports down. 20 uh, percent. The Sock Semiconductors down 35. Home Builders down 37 percent. S&P Retail is down 33 percent. And the only real plus I can find in the sectors is energy was up 29
1: percent. So, Jim Uriel, what do you make of it? Well, energy being the sector that's performed like that, that's, a, that's more bad news. It's performed like that. And, again, we've talked about this for a year and a half. My big idea at the beginning of uh, 2021 was to buy energy because I thought that, that the policies that were coming down the pipeline were going to be so restrictive. And guess what happened? They were. Um, but the, there is – I actually do think there's good news after some bad news. So, Atlanta Fed, you talked about the GDP now, saying that right now it's negative 2.1 GDP. In its history since 2011 – this comes from Jim Bianco's research – in its history since 2011, it's only been off – if it's predicted within the 30 days of the GDP number, it's only been off by more than two full percentage points one time. And that was Q1 of 2020 when it was predicted uh, down 35 percent, and it came in at down 32 percent. So that is, is pretty accurate. That means we're in a recession now. So that then leads us to the fact that the the, the Fed is tightening – Into a recession, and they're probably going to tighten 75 base points. Just you and I, two weeks, three weeks ago on this show, we both agreed they should just do 100, 100, 100. Well, everything's changed completely now, I think, and everything is, I think inflation has definitely peaked, and that's because of a confluence of. uh, you know, first of all, obviously, rates. Secondly, just think of the, the amount of money that's been taken out of the system through the decline in the equity markets, throw in the $2 trillion from uh, your crypto just getting pummeled. And I know that's global, but uh, that's a big deal, too. And supply chains starting to heal a bit, too, so I think that, which is the one good news. And, um, and I think that inflation is turning around right now, and I know I'm on an island there, but I think there's going to be one more move down in the stock market because the Fed doesn't realize they should be slowing down tightenings. So I, at, a couple of weeks ago I said I think down to 30% in the S&P was the bottom, which it happens to be the average when we're in a recession. And then I think we pivot a little bit too. I mean the Fed pivots, and then the stock market finds a bottom on the Fed pivot going into the fall. And, Jeff, you went to, you went to Notre Dame? I didn't know that. Can you tell us any bit about that or no? <laughs> <laughs> By the way,
2: I will say – although the Fed doesn't look at this stuff, uh, commodity price indexes have slipped down. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the CRB futures, which is kind of my favorite, because it's got energy, gold, metals, industrials, and agriculture. So that's gone from about 350 down to 311 And I think the other commodity indexes are showing the same thing, including copper. But the thing is, Jim Urio... I, um, I in, in, in. inflation is going to be sticky on the way down, and I want to raise the point, recessions tend to reduce profits, and profits are the mother's milk of stocks, and I worry about that for the stock market.
1: Yes, but you, you and I have disagreed about this for many years. I I like the notion that profits are the mother's milk of stocks, but for 15 years I've been arguing that the Fed is the mother's milk of stocks, and I I, I don't I can't say I mean that that's led me to some pretty good places, um, not fighting the Fed. And when they do start to pivot, I'm going to be okay with the market. You mentioned copper, yeah, copper down 20 percent, but also the um, five-year break-even just since that uh, June 13th the 8.6 CPI where um, the five-year break-evens were at 3.2. They absolutely got pounded down to 2.5 in two weeks time. So I think that's pricing in a recession. I think the 20% plunge in copper is pricing in a recession. And all that, I, don't, I just, I understand stagflation is an awful thing when it's that push cost inflation when it's supply thing. But if it's just going to be energy and the other things can start to heal themselves, I think we can get to a point where inflation Larry, is not that Larry, this is one of my
0: favorite senses. I love to say I think you're wrong. And why I think you're (laughs) wrong, Jimmy, is that you've seen these commodity prices pull back from where they came from. It was like a elastic rubber band so the word recession is being thrown around you're seeing peak pessimism you know to larry's point he's right i believe in the profit component and growth is not stopping growth is just slowing but it's all convoluted to your point i'm actually going to throw your bone here jimmy you're absolutely right trading out of this pandemic with this historically swollen nine trillion dollar balance sheet which they're really not reducing i think it's a joke that 47 billion dollars a month is coming up but i think we have to get through this earnings season i think that's going to be critical larry it
2: is, and look at uh earnings are going to be very important and we're we're in a recession, according to these uh measurements, and the Fed is going to go seventy five and they'll go another seventy five in September, so the Fed is tightening, and earnings are falling. It's very hard for me to get too excited now, longer term, yeah. I, I think there's, you know, maybe people should be buying the market while it goes down. If you're a long-term player, which I
0: always am, but um, Jim, Murio, you don't I, think they pump the brakes, Larry? You don't think they pump the brakes in September and, and yes. realize that they may be pushing us into a recession and hold no. off on additional rate hikes?
2: No, they're going to keep pumping the brakes because they're dumb as wood. That's the trouble with the Fed. They're dumb as wood.
0: Oh,
1: Mike should be dropped on that line because it's so incredible. You? Yes, they are missing the signs, and they'll they, miss them again. And you always know that because they always miss the signs.
2: Of course. I mean, there's one thing is that the Fed always – look, I'm an old-time guy. I believe in a commodity price rule. Uh, I would say to you, given the slump in commodities in the recent weeks – they should do 75 and quit, but because they're dumb as what they won't. And that's why I mm-hmm. fear for the stock market in the second half of the year. Jeff Kilberg, things can't be all bad because Elon Musk just published a Twitter picture of himself and his four kids with the Pope. I mean, you know, Elon Musk and the Pope. So from a Notre Dame standpoint, that
0: can't be all bad. Well, yeah, correct. And the top two people, as you know, are the Pope. And the Notre Dame quarterback. So, yeah, we're, we're in line. We're in sync. All right. Now, <laughs>
2: let's go back to the profits picture, Mr. Kilberg. And what's your second half uh, investment strategy?
0: Well, the second half is going to be similar to the way we've really gotten defensive, had that tilt more towards value, gotten more industrial. But what's interesting, Larry, going back 85 years, we look at all the midterm election years. And inside those midterm election years, you really seen just fraught with volatility. Any given year, you're going to see different reasons. This year, no one could have predicted Putin invading Ukraine, surging inflation, all the various headwinds. But what's interesting, over the last 85 years, on average, the S&P 500 has returned 6.5%. But inside of a midterm election year, all those returns don't come in until the fourth quarter or the end of the third quarter. But the real takeaway is why I want to be positioned and invested is that subsequent year, Larry, the year after midterm election year, The S and P 500 average more than doubles. It goes from six and a half percent up to fifteen point one percent. So I think we're going to look back on the summer of 2022. It doesn't feel good. It's been painful. We've all been kicked in the teeth to a certain extent. But I think it being repositioned, having an equal weight exposure, not forgetting about technology, but understanding you have to stick with themes that have been working. That has been the blue chip, tangible names.
2: You're too bullish. I'm just telling you, you're way too bullish. That's all. I'm just going to say that. And, Jim Uriel, I know you're hyperventilating that these uh, CPI break-evens are coming off, and you're right. But i am got to tell you, actual inflation uh, may be peaking. I don't know. I- I'll give that a maybe. But it's going to be very sticky on the way down. And inflation is going to remain much higher than the Fed's 2% inflation target. And therefore, I believe they will uh, continue to keep tightening. Now, the market's going to go down in the second half of the year. That doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it on the way down, again, from a long-term perspective. But I think you're hyperventilating too much about getting rid of inflation.
1: I'm actually going to throw one other wrench into the equation, too. This next CPI number comes in on July 13th. And we saw how the the rents and rents equivalents made the last Um, number look a lot better than it was it wasn't shouldn't have been 8.6 it should have been more like 13 so here's what i worry about the most and then i'm going to wind it in because i kind of agree with jeff for the second half i do think there's going to be some opportunities after one more plunge lower but i think that the fed is going to be confused by the july 13th number and i do think they'll tighten 75 basis points for certain but i think sometimes in, in the next month and a half God, And I hope I'm right about this is that is that they come to their senses and begin, even if they're going to go 50 in September, they start to talk a little nicer about when they're going to turn to neutral or even dovish. So I do think one more plunge lower where the only thing I'd still be in is uh, is energy, gold, um, silver, um, not silver, really silver chart looks bad, but gold. But I think that in about a month and a half, technology is going to be where I want to start to look. After that plunge lower, because remember, they're the most rate sensitive and they've just been absolutely hammered because rates have gone up. And that's what I think I'm going to like going in. And I like Jeff's statistic about election years. It usually begins in like the first week of October where the market begins to rally. It's a good fourth quarter. And then, you know, afterwards, we might start to feel better. Like you keep saying the cavalry's coming in. So if there's something to feel good about, perhaps we get some more pro-business politicians in place.
2: Yeah, well, here's one for you, and I don't know how this turns out, but Joe Manchin is privately negotiating with Chuck Schumer. We don't know what's going to come out of that, but they're looking for a partisan reconciliation bill that would increase taxes on businesses and successful earners by over a trillion dollars. Now, that has to be the dumbest thing I ever heard. No. We, we get in, in this, this
1: situation where we punish success and people cheer about it. People yeah. just don't understand how this crap works. That it, It's the most insane thing ever. We have knuckleheads running the country. Everything we have right now is a self-inflicted wound. Every time they, they throw their hands up and say, gosh, who could have predicted this? I could point them to like 500 different um, economically literate economists or, or analysts who told them this the whole time. It's absolutely insane.
2: So are you a buyer now? Are you a no. stock buyer? No. It's too early. No, I'm
1: not a stock buyer yet. I want, to, I want about a month and a half. I want to shake out to see if my thesis about peaking inflation and a pivoting Fed is correct. And uh, again, I know it's a lonely position. I took a lot of punches on Twitter when I said I think inflation had peaked, but uh, I want to wait about a month and a half to see it. I'm not. I'm certainly not a seller. I don't think you sell down 25% um, if you're a long term person. But again, you know, I'm not ready yet. How
2: do the restaurants look? Serious question. So, How do the restaurants so the look?
1: Restaurants are still looking ex- good. The last time we talked, I said it was starting to decline. I actually don't think it is. I think it was wrong. I think this this the pent up Demand of social activity for people that had been de- deprived of them for a year and a half is not abating any time. Mm. I think restaurants still seem crowded. It just it seems like it can't go on forever. When you see the prices of these places, we've had to raise prices three times, up to 12% higher than what they were, and we're mm. low compared to the other places. But it's still the the statistics and the, the anecdotally, what I still see is okay.
2: And Jeff Kilberg, how is how is it? I don't get this. USC. And UCLA are joining the Big Ten. Like, I don't get that.
0: It's it's all about the almighty dollar. Uh, oh. You're seeing some of these TV contracts, and unfortunately, I think my Fighting Irish are going to have to choose a conference themselves the next couple of years, and there's going to be two power conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, Notre Dame
1: doesn't have to pick a conference, do they?
0: We kind of are pseudo in the ACC. We're independent well, in, in football and everything else. They're so partially.
2: They're partially in the ACC, aren't they? Notre Dame.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. For every other sport except for football, but it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But you know, money is driving markets. Money is driving college football. Nil name, image, and likeness. That's a whole other show, Larry. We should talk about because there's no Bowenger bands on that component. But Mm. I get I get really interested, and I want to you know get your opinion because I want to invoke the Looney Tunes Chicken Hawk. I think Fed Chairman. Powell is a chicken hawk. He talks about how hawkish he's going to be. He's been nothing but a dove. He was probably more dovish than the queen of all doves, Janet Yellen. And he has a dovish balance sheet. So as much as he's out there beating his hawkish chest, he has a $9 trillion balance sheet. Isn't that liquidity enough for you guys to feel more comfortable sleeping at night that we're not going down further?
2: No. Tells me uh, inflation hasn't really peaked yet, actually. People are going to be very surprised. By the way, the bond market, uh, I know it's rallied and rates have come down. But the Fed is going to slim down their balance sheet somewhat. But Jay Powell, you know, he's personally a nice guy, personally classy guy. So is Uriel. As far as, <laughs> as far as monetary policy is concerned, Jay Powell is one confused man. That's all I can no doubt. tell you. One Amen. very confused man. Anyway, I know you guys aren't confused. Jim Uriel. Happy July 4th, Jeff Kilberg. Happy July 4th. The cavalry's coming. We will restore life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.